Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Living Courageously Exposed, hosted by Big Inside Out Adventures and yours truly, Jennifer J. Saunders. My friends call me Jay. So today we're coming to talk with you from a little different space. <laughs> I love that we can just take this show on the road wherever it hey, needs to go. Amen, man. <laughs> today we're sitting in front of a a park uh, near the river in Idaho Falls, and uh, we're actually coming to you from the cab of my pickup. <laughs> Make it a little bit different sound from the last time and a whole lot less interruptions. But uh, we're going with the flow. Yeah. So today, again, we're, we're turning the tables, and uh, I get to be in the interviewee seat, and we're back with guest interviewer Carrie. Hey. And uh, so we're, we're just going to get right to it and turn the time back over to Carrie. Okay, so we kind of reviewed over things. Hope you guys got a chance to listen to part one. Um, felt like there was a lot of unanswered questions and places we want to go with it. But we're going to kind of start off by tying back to, we, we mentioned more than once in the first um, interview about areas that kind of were overlapping in your life, um, where maybe jumping points that you were kind of carving new pathways as you were maybe mainstreaming through the, the story that we told. Um, so one of those maybe has to do more with marriage. So maybe let's start there and talk about some of the defining moments um, that started to maybe just carve different pathways. Um, marriage is a, obviously a huge learning experience, lots of exposure to lots of things. So what were some of the big marriage moments for you? Big marriage ones. So first of all, I think... Um, big marriage moments. The first one was that I actually got married. Like being engaged for me, um, was actually a really challenging thing. Like I, I was very unsure and it, it wasn't even necessarily about, um, the person that I married, but more unsure in myself. Like I, I felt like, you know, had I dated enough, had I, um, the person that I married was very kind. He was, he treated me very well. And, um, you know, he wanted, we had conversations, you know, the conversations about family and how many kids we want and how do we want to raise our families and um, those kinds of things. And so it wasn't necessarily him, but just my own struggles with, with some of the things that um, I don't know that, I, again, you know, it's an overlapping story that some things that I was aware of or that I had, had ever really thought about or talked about. But so the big defining moment was that I actually got married. I, I actually thought that that he might show up with handcuffs on the day that we were supposed to get married just to make sure that I actually did it. <laughs> but That's funny. Um, I, yeah, it's funny now. It, it wasn't so funny then. Um, so other defining moments for me were opportunities that we had to. So he comes from a family. Um, I love his family. They're they're just great people. And um, they were a very active family. They they worked hard and they played hard. And so there were several defining moments by way of learning to play hard. That was a new thing for me um, because it felt like my younger life was just a lot of work and and making my way through the mud of life and, you know, just, just getting stuff done. Not that I didn't know how to play and I didn't have fun, but this was a whole new level of it. And so I had a lot of these defining moments of of self-discovery by way of, oh my gosh, I really do like to be outdoors and I loved snowmobiling and we had lots of opportunities to do those kinds of things and um, water skiing and boating and, and um, you know, just opportunities that I hadn't really had in abundance were now available to me in abundance. And I really got to 
get to know myself in in those ways of you know how did I like to be on the water and why did I like to be on the water and the calming nature of it and just those moments of you know I loved laying on the boat and just feeling it move up and down and and just like the sun on your skin and just the peacefulness of just quiet and um you know a water skiing I loved hearing the sound of the water from my ski as it would splash back down on the water and as you could hear it move through the the lake and so I just had some experiences that brought me more um intrinsic and internal joy as I learned to really discover who I was in these in these other kinds of ways and you did that a lot we did family played we did do that a lot we spent a lot of time um with the in-laws and and getting to you know be taught by them and which are still some of your favorite places huh absolutely some of my favorite places like if I you know if I could go up there tomorrow I'd be there (laughs) I'd, I'd probably bring you guys with me um, that was that was one of the other things that I really loved is that we didn't just do things by ourselves. Most often, we were inviting friends. You know, our our boat had probably thirty or forty towels in it because we invited friends, and uh, we would go snowmobiling with friends. And so it wasn't just our our little nuclear family. It was it was an activity with community and other people. And and again, a, a discovery for me of how much I loved being with people and learning from people and. Um, yeah, my, my in-laws are some of my, my most cherished people. Yeah, that's really a unique experience, I think, um, to have, like, to find yourself really fitting in and, like, working yourself into a really good position with your in-law family. I think that's a great blessing. Well, and I think one of the things that I love about them is um, they, they're not butter-inner kind of people. You know, they didn't... Uh, they didn't call all the time. They, you know, they were, they were mindful of us and they were very loving. But I remember a couple of times we, we wanted some advice and we would ask them and they would just kind of look at us and not ever really give us any advice. Like, hey, good luck with that. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a, you know what, this is, this is your guys's deal. And I really learned to appreciate that because it gave us the opportunity to, work together as a couple to find a solution and without relying on them. And they just weren't in our business, which, which is something that I really treasured and valued and um, that I will take with me in, you know, when my kids start getting to that point, just remembering what I learned that way. But I will tell you this, when hard times came, they were there in a heartbeat. Like they were at the front door and they were on the phone and they were making sure that we were taken care of. And um, those are still pretty tender moments of just immense gratitude for the amount of love that they showed to me and my family in those times. And to watch the whole family come together was, um, it was amazing. Like I don't even really have words for the amount of awe that they gave us our space, and yet when it was really needed, they were right there. And so I have a very deep love for them, and um, we'll always call them family. Yeah, that's that, that in, in and of itself is really defining in marriage, you know, because that, it, like, blending families, even from the extended p- perspective, can either be really beautiful or it can be really Absolutely. challenging. Absolutely. So that's, I well, can it, see where that would play, like, a... Yeah, like a real tender spot for you. Yeah, and it makes my heartache, you know, when 
when I see families who separate and they become the outlaws, you know, and I, my, my family will never be my outlaws. My, my in-laws will always be my in-laws, even if I'm not married into that family. Um, they are my family and, and they treat me as such and, and something that I, I deeply treasure. Very cool. Um, tell me some other things. So getting married was just a huge leap, a big check mark. You, because of the family that you married into, you had a lot of exposure to learning from people and being exposed to like play and um, interactions that were really positive and enriching. Um, I guarantee if you were married, there was some hard in here. (laughs) (laughs) There, there were definitely some hard because it's a relationship, you know, and and you've, you've got the two people blending your personalities and your experiences. And there were definitely some hard and, um, the hard was really hard. And at, at one point in our marriage, um, I remember my husband coming home. He, he had left for the day for his work and came back a little bit later and he was no longer employed. And that really, that was about six or seven years into our marriage. And that, that really kind of started this spiral of hard in our marriage. Um, you know, we all have our struggles and things that we, that we go through. And, and those of you who are listening, you, I know you understand this because you've got your own or you live with people who are struggling through hard things. And because you're a part of them, you know, it gets to be a part of your experience as well. And so learning how to deal with um, the loss of job, but, but even beyond that, learning how to deal with the reasons why the loss of job and not necessarily in the job, but what's in the person, like what, what inside my husband was causing whatever happened to, you know, then have the, the reaction of losing his job. And, um, we spent a few years of uh, like in and out of different jobs and, um, it eventually led to him getting into some trouble and, um, loss of, loss of dear friends. And those moments were really challenging when people who you've known your whole life and, and treasure (laughs) no longer treasure you. And that was really hard to, um, to sit amongst these people who you have such love for and to hear them in their own hurt. Let's be fair to them in their own hurt because they had been offended through the, the actions of my husband and, uh, to have them say such painful and hurtful things and to just feel totally, I know that they felt betrayed, but at the same time, you know, me as an outside person of this, although an inside, because I was married, you know, the betrayal that I felt and the, and the, just the intense loss. So, um, that started some pretty hard things. And after, after a few years, it actually ended up with my husband going to jail and, uh, all of the, all of the stuff that comes along with that. Like I, I remember a few times driving around town after I would, I would receive news. And this one, this one particular experience, I was downtown somewhere driving where I had always driven before. Like I knew it like the back of my hand, like I know my name, like I know your name. And all of a sudden I had no idea where I was at. And I, I, I had to pull over and I called my sister. I'm like, I, I, I don't know where I'm at. Like I need, I need your help. Like, like feeling just internal so trauma. much internal trauma and so much conflict going on and so much pain that it took something that I knew so well and all of a sudden it just was, it was gone. And so I, I had quite a few moments like that actually. And so, yeah, there was intense, 
there was intense pain and and it ended with um you know col- like i say culminating with him getting the opportunity to go spend some time in prison yeah so that in alone was full of learning right <laughs> lots of learning um and during that time period though you stayed married i did stay married absolutely and yeah, kept raising your kids and working through that um, apart. And then at some point he returned. Mm-hmm. So, so let me, if I just, so as I was, as I it became very important for me to keep my family together, I told you, you know, I was very um, into the LDS religion and I, I loved it. I loved it with my whole heart and it was a place of solace for me. And it's where I turn to in these moments. And I, I want to make sure that I give a lot of credit, one, to God, because I don't know how I wouldn't have made it on my own. You know, I, I know what my thoughts were. I know where my head was, which for the most part was in a in a good place as much as it could be. But with so much pressure and stress, there was um, there were moments and I'm going to go to one in just a second. But first, I just want to say that I was blessed with so many amazing people and I know that you know this experience as well that they just they just kind of come out of the woodworks and all of a sudden you get to know your neighbors in this way that you had absolutely no idea and they're on your, your doorstep bringing you food and and bringing you solace and and um words of comfort and and money like I had somebody stop on my doorstep he's like I just think about you today Jen he shook my hand and he put $300 in my hand he's like I just feel like you need to have this today and so the humbling, the intensely humbling moments of um, getting to receive in ways that just were so unimaginable. And, and again, seeing people and past their person and, and into who they are was so immensely humbling. And what a blessing. So thank you to all those people. If you hear this, like you, you were angels in my life at that moment. And um, I still consider them such. But I remember a moment in uh I just kept thinking I don't know how I can keep it all together like I don't know how I can keep my household together Um, my in-laws gratefully were making my house payment um I wasn't working because I felt like I needed to be available for my kids who were in fifth and seventh grade at the time you know these really malleable formative years and and um getting to have this experience so I tried to make sure that we played games a lot we have open conversation and but I don't know that I really took advantage of maybe some healing moments that, that were available for me. And I remember standing thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a mental breakdown. I, I, no, no, no. I cannot have a mental breakdown. Like I don't have time for this. I don't have, I got to take care of these kids and I got to take care of all this stuff and how I can't do this. And I just, I just felt myself get wound up tighter and tighter and tighter and thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have no choice. But, and I remember this one moment I stood in, in my front room, looking out a picture window, which I love doing because it looked out over the town and I stood there and I thought to myself and I actually said out loud fine go ahead have one and I waited because I I just thought in that moment I'm going to be on the floor in a puddle of like just mucky tears and mess and and I waited and I waited some more and it never happened and it was a really powerful moment for me of like Okay, so maybe it's just about actually acknowledging what I'm feeling and giving my, myself permission to feel, to actually feel what I was feeling instead of holding it in and holding it in and like trying to make sure it was okay to say, you know what, I'm not okay. I actually am not okay. 
And so that was a really powerful learning moment yeah. in in that hardship at that moment. Um, yeah, being okay to feel. Getting more, like, just validating of yourself. Um, I don't know that as a whole community allows for that very well. Um, they, they, we kind of, like... I don't know if the judge is the word, but it's more like we measure people by behavior and we don't really care what any, what the behind feelings are. It's just like, what are you doing about it? And so some people we think look fine aren't and others that don't look fine probably are. They're just. Right. Well, and, so, don't, and don't you think, you know, for me, it, it, I think it has a lot to do with it's, it's hard to face our own shiz. Yeah. It's hard to face our own feelings and emotions. So why, why would we want to see them in someone else and actually recognize them and, and talk about them and allow them to vocalize them because yes. it's hard for ourselves. So, you know, how can we give that gift to, totally. to the people around us? Totally. Um, so let's just keep moving. Um, so husband returns. What, what, what did that look like? I mean, obviously for me in my situation, it was one way it could have been totally different for you and your way. You know, there was jobs to try to get and, to reinstate, I mean, did you move? Did you stay? What happened? Yeah. Sometimes that's a big transition period. Yeah, it was a big transition period. Like I remember, you know, before you have a family member who comes home who um, is in the justice system, they actually give you a letter and ask if they can return to your home. I was really, honestly, I was really tempted to not sign it. <laughs> I and, know they do that. You're and, right. Uh, and I thought, you know, this isn't, this isn't how I choose to handle things though. And so I signed it and, you know, we, we, we slowly kind of worked ourselves back into having him in our home. And, um, we did stay married for, for a time. And, um, for, I, I honestly don't remember now, like three or four years afterwards. It's a little while. Yeah. Um, but I was very set on, on the, the picture of being able to come through the hard times and, you know, supporting my husband and, um, rebuilding our family and like having this story of courage and strength and like we did this and if we can do this then you can do this and uh you know that that was what I that's what I had in mind like I was gonna stick to it and do everything I could to make it work and it was really hard yeah it was really hard well hard things demand coping and escapes and I think I think at this point I remember seen a lot of that coming into your life. Like I know you were in a book club mm -hmm. and you were running and you were starting, a, if not starting, you were like trying to nourish a company that involved outdoor like experiences. And there were all these adventures that you were taking on even in the midst of that transition. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, thank you for, I'm um, so funny. I'm glad you remember those things. <laughs> So, yeah, one of the things that I did um, as a coping mechanism, and I very clearly, like I very clearly and consciously made this choice that I was going to start running again. And, and I had run in the past and then set it down for a few years when we moved from Rexburg to Idaho Falls. And um, I very, like, I, I almost remember the moment where I thought, I'm running, I'm running, like I need to run away. Like I have got to run away from my life, but I didn't want to run away at those moments. And so I did what I, you know, what I knew how to do. And that was actually run. So I put my tennis shoes on and, and I could within, you know, 10 minutes of closing my front door, be in the foothills and away from it all. 
up above all the houses and just in the fields where there, you know, wheat fields and there's sagebrush. And at that point, there was only telephone poles. So I'd run to the, the big power lines and then I could be like yeah, close and yet so far away. And it felt amazing. Um, it felt good to move the energy that way through my body. And, you know, what was really interesting is I thought that I was running away. But I did this crazy thing, and I decided that when I ran, I wanted to learn how to be with me, which meant I chose to run with no music and to run without distraction and to really learn how to be alone with my thoughts. And um, and sometimes it was really scary, <laughs> and it felt a little crazy, but as I moved through it, like I felt energy moved, and I felt my, I could feel my heart shift, and I would feel my mind shift, and and I started doing this thing where I, I, it was my meditation time and I, I asked yeah. questions to God. And so when I went out and would run, I almost every single time I had questions that I wanted answers to. And so as I would run, I would have these, these talks with God and I would say, this is, this is what I, this is what's on my mind today. This is what's on my heart. And the crazy thing is, is I started getting answers and a lot of those answers came immediately. Um, I, I remember a few times I was running up Sunnyside and for those of you who, you know, who live in the area, you know what Sunnyside is. It's pretty hilly and, and it's a tough workout. And I remember this moment. I, I don't remember the question, but I remember the moment that, uh, you know, you hear people who have visions and I, and it sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, it, this happened to me on more than one occasion, two that I remember so vivid as if it had happened yesterday. And, um, it's almost 10 years ago now that this happened. So crazy to think about, but it stopped me in my tracks, like bent over, stopped me in my tracks, sobbing because of what I saw. That was the answer to the questions that I'd been having. And so what I learned is that I actually hadn't run away from my life. I had run right into it. And, um, what a blessing that was. And, and running became this um, it was a coping mechanism, but it was a way of discovering. Though. It was very therapeutic. Like I say, it was my meditative time. And I did get into, um, you know, I got into trail running and I got into ultra running and, and I learned how to reach out to people. And I would, I actually, like when I would go on these big, long races, I would, I was in this book club where we studied the 12 steps and we, we studied other um, emotional healing books and techniques and things that just really, really reshaped and changed my life. It was more of those pivot points. And, and I would say to this group, like I was finally learning how to take care of me, like really, really take care of me. And to, I learned that I could say, Hey, I'm going to go do this hard thing. Can I, can I ask for your support? And I would hand them a piece of paper and they would write a note and I would fold it up and I would keep it like in a, in a chest pocket or somewhere close so that when I got into a hard moment of a race, I, and I would Hold read, I would read this right before the race started so that I could have those thoughts in my heart and in my mind. And, uh, I actually never pulled it out. I would just touch it and I could feel the energy of all those amazing women and some men who had written on that piece of paper for me and for my well being. Really cool. And so I, it, yeah, I started to do all these things and, and I was nurturing a company and, um, we can talk more about that later, but, um, there were really powerful learning things. And so the running 
you know, what I, what I thought it was turned to be something completely different. And it was a discovery of who I am and more of what I wanted in my life. But what, what did it do for marriage? Um, for marriage, it was tough actually, because at points, um, you know, my husband wanted to run with me and, and do this together thing. And, um, you know, I was willing to give it a go and we did it a few times. And honestly, it wasn't that successful. Um, because we had different ideas of what that looked like. And, and again, just through our, our varied experiences and, and our own emotions and it just, um, so running together actually didn't work that well. And, and the kind of running that I did, and again, this is an overlapping story, but the kind of running that I did required me to go out of town to run races because, um, there were not any ultra races in this area at the time. And so my running took me to Washington and to Oregon, um, a few in Montana. And, uh, it was really hard for my husband at that time to, because I would leave the family to go and do that. But it was a place for me to find some sanity in what was still feeling like insanity because there were coming points that I, I wanted to just run away. Like, like the real runaway, like take me to another country and not let anybody know where I am probably for the rest of forever. I did have some yeah. of those moments. And so yeah. this was, this was kind of like the, the spout to let out steam. So I didn't have a complete eruption. Yeah. But it was tough on the marriage. Just tough. Cause you still had small children or it was a separating thing. Like you um, were moving in a different direction. Probably both because um, before, before my husband had gone to prison, we also, we'd been to this conference that was another pivot point in my life. And I think it wasn't his too. Although even though we had, we had that pivot, it still took us a little bit in different directions. Um, so yes, hard with the kids because I, that meant I was leaving the kids for a weekend and hard in the marriage because I was really focused on a different way of thinking, a more positive, healthy way for me of thinking. And, um, I don't know that my husband at the time really felt like I think he wanted to grow together, but not really. It may have just been some, you know, reasons to try. I don't honestly don't know the answer to that question yeah. in completion because it was never discussed out fully. And so I can't, you know, I can't speak for him, but it, I can tell you it was tough on the marriage and yeah. it was something that um, I was asked to at one point give yeah. up in order to, along with lots of other things that I enjoyed in order to save the marriage. Like I had several people who are like, if you want to save your marriage, um, then it's really important that you give up your running and you give up your teaching and you give up your, your singing and you give up your book clubbing and you give up like these things that really brought, they were the only things that brought peace in my life at, the, at that moment. So that, that was tough. So in the end, um, was that like a catalyst for absolute like changing, moving apart? Or there was just a lot of other things that played in to eventually saying we're going to go different directions. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the running was the catalyst, but uh, some of the things behind the running most definitely were. Um, and I, I just think the discovery of, like we talked about in the first podcast, um, I did a lot of things in my younger life because it's what I was supposed to do. It's what I felt like I was supposed to do. And, um, and I was just learning that it was okay to take care of me in the ways that 
felt good for me. And if running was a way to help me keep sanity and a calmer head inside the marriage, then I, I wasn't really willing to give it up. Um, you know, some people, you and I have talked about this. Some people turn to alcohol. Some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to overeating. And I turned to running. And, uh, you know, some people called it an addiction. And maybe in those moments it was. Like, I, I, I'm not going to rule that out. Sure. But um, it was something that kept me in a healthy space. It helped keep emotions moving. And it, it you know, it was a, health, a healthier out than not some things I could have chosen. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe it could have been a catalyst. I don't know. It, okay. was, it wasn't the reason. Either way, it was a put. There was some energy and there was a push toward that. Because it's never, it's such a, like a complex thing, I think. When yeah. It's really hard to unravel all the reasons yeah. that something well, the running, yes. the running had a friend behind it that was, um, that was causing an issue. And so, you know, that may have been more of the catalyst than, than the actual running itself, but what that friend, um, symbolized and meant. And, you know, again, that's something we'll go into here in a bit. Yeah. So, um, just to kind of recap then, um, marriage overall, big jump. Marriage was a huge jump for me. It taught you how to connect to people, enjoy people. It gave you opportunities to play and to express love and interaction. Um, at some point, uh, a job loss in the family kind of cha- changed the trajectory yeah. of that relationship because of all of the, the circumstances that came along with that, um, that led to some, to the prison experience and to you kind of picking up these other things to help nurture you and heal you and change you. Um, so you were learning that it was okay to feel, that it was okay to play, that it was okay to not be okay. Yeah. Um, and probably... So, so just going back to that, like, let me just be really clear. This wasn't something that I just had all of a sudden done. Like, you know, I played softball. Yeah. I played volleyball. I did have outs and, and I did those very freely and I was given the opportunity to do those freely. I just want to make it really clear. Like, he never told me I couldn't do any of those things. He was very, very supportive in the things that I did. Um, and But again, those things at that point, yes, they were play, but they had a different meaning than than what all of this was taking on. So I just want to make it really clear. He was supportive yes. in, in these things until these things, all, so many things got thrown into the pot that it didn't feel supportive anymore. Yeah. And that goes both ways. All right. That goes both ways. Okay, so as we get into, uh, let's say, the next chapter. <laughs> There's so um, many chapters. Yeah, I'm going to loop back to a comment you made where you said you were running, you were experiencing these races and events outside of the area, and there were people that you had met, in particular a person okay. that you'd met, that kind of became, from my memory, a pretty pivotal Yes, it was very life. <laughs> very pivotal. And you have such a good memory. <laughs> I remember this, but tell me, um, tell me like who, who that was, what that yeah. started in your life. Yeah. So, okay. So you remember just a little bit ago, I told you that we had gone to a conference. Um, we went with the conference with some of our neighbors to Seattle and, you know, we went with the intention to like go and see what it was about, but actually to play in Seattle. And like, that was our full on intention to just skip out on lots of the conference <laughs> and, play. <laughs> and play. But what we discovered once we got there was there was really some amazing learning and we didn't miss a minute. But part of what happened is in that conference, you have, I mean, you're in a room with 500 people and you have an opportunity to meet lots of people. And 
and I don't know about those of you listening out there, but for me, I have these times in my life where I meet people and you're like, oh my gosh, I know, I know you. And I, and I think most of us have those experiences. I seem to have them a lot. And so we sat down and the person sitting next to me had a running shirt on. And at that point, I was just barely starting to uh, play a little bit with, um, my business was growing and I was playing a little bit with um, hosting five and five and 10 K races. And so I was intrigued one, cause I thought, Oh, here's a runner. And, um, but when, when she turned and she started talking to me, it was like one of those like magnetic moments where you're just like, Oh my heck, I'm so drawn to you. And I know you like, why do I know you? And there's no way in this world I would know this person. So, um, we became friends. Like there was a lot of pivoting in this, in this conference. And so not only did I have all this new learning and understanding and stuff to now go and start feasting on and learning and implementing and seeing how it really played out in my life, but I had this new friend and, uh, this new friend, uh, we'll call her F was, uh, was very, um, a very dynamic personality in my life. And it, it was very life changing for me. And she's the one who actually introduced me to trail running. And, you know, that those moments in my life where I thought, wait a minute, I, you mean I can run, but I can run in the mountains in this place that I actually already love to run? Because quite frankly, I hate running on the roads. <laughs> you very rarely will see me running on the roads. Um, and so it introduced, again, it just started to open up this whole new world of me um, inside me. And, um, so as I got to know F a little bit more, it, it just became very apparent that we were friends from many, many moons and eons and light years ago. Kindred spirits. Total kindred spirits. Um, you know, some people say soulmates and, and, and I know that some people have a belief that your soulmate is the person that you're married to. And quite frankly, I don't believe that. Um, I think other people can be our soulmates and she is definitely a, a soulmate for me. So, um, F played a really big part of my life and especially in the running and this portion of my marriage. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to meet people like that. Oh, it's amazing. It, it stirs up so many questions like why and why do I feel that way about them? And how could we have been connected? Did we exist before this? How could we, right. you know, like it, right. it really starts bringing to life real questions about our existence and right. where we were, where we're going. Well, and it's and amazing. Why we're meant to to connect. Absolutely, you know? like like again, those of you out there who who've had this experience, when you start getting to know these people, and you start feeling like these things inside you, and I felt myself heal, like starting to heal, like my little kid healing, in some of the moments that I was with her, and um, it, it was fascinating to me, the both the extreme excitement and happiness that she brought into my life, and also. There were moments of, of big pain too in this in this friendship and relationship. So yeah, F plays a really big role in in the rest of the story. Yes. So we're gonna pause there. Perfect. Um because I think this is a big launch to a <laughs> a different um You know me well. Kind of a different life. I mean, there was kind of some forks in the road at this point. I I, I must remember like forks. You must. <laughs> you must. Um and, and, and I remember her being around for a long time and yeah. being a part of a lot of decisions and a lot of change. So, Absolutely. um, we're going to pause here, come back because, um, this next section is going to take us up to 
any of you that know Jen today, why she is who she is and where she is today um, because of these experiences. And I'm going to turn it back over to you. Do you have anything else you need to say? Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's lots. Um, you know, maybe, maybe one thing we, there's a story. I'll just say it right now. Okay. You know, when we talked about, you talk about who I am today, there is a moment when I was eight or nine years old that just keeps coming to mind. And because it is coming to mind, I'm just going to share it right here. Um, because it was very defining for me and I don't know how it will fit into the next section. Sure. <laughs> so let's just take a quick jump back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm young and I'm the oldest of four living with my single mom and it's Christmas time. And, you know, an, an eight or nine year old at that point with a single mom, you don't have a lot of money. And I remember this man, he's my Bishop, um, Bishop Terry, or no, excuse me, Bishop Terry Young was his name. And uh, he is one of my absolute angel people in my life today. I remember he came to my house and he he took me with him and we got in his vehicle and um, we went to the mall. And in our mall, it's got that, um, is it Pepperidge Farms? I don't yeah. go to the mall anymore. Um, Pepperidge Farms, you know, and it's got all time, the Christmas the time, yeah, the, the all mints. the meats and the cutting boards and the, the red and yellow and pink mints with the white little yeah, dots on the bottom. Absolutely. I know all of you just tasted those out there when I said I that. Um, and I remember being so excited cause he's like, we are going to go shopping for your mom for a Christmas present. And as an eight year old, like what that did for my soul was absolutely life changing to know that somebody cared enough for me to, and, and for my mother to take me out and allow me to have that opportunity. And I remember being so proud, like buying that, that cutting board with the, the I'm things. sure it was salami and we definitely had the mints. Um, but just what that moment was for me and how that changed my heart and um, how I, how I chose, like when I look at all of my giving moments and when I want to reach out to people, it, it stems back to the beginning at that moment right there. So I just want to say thank you, Terry, for being the man that you are and the man that you are today. Cause I know he still does lots of good. Like it's amazing. I may have to interview him someday, but, um, just that's a pivotal moment for me and uh it it actually does play into the, what's coming up in the next podcast so thanks again for listening thanks for letting me take a quick jump back into that story um because it just keeps coming to my head sure. something that must be must be shared so again if you have questions about anything that you've heard or things that you want to know about the life of jen and and where this might be going feel free to email those to jennifer at big inside out adventures dot fun and uh, we'll get those answered for you but thanks again for taking time out of your life to listen to snippets of mine and and also those who we podcast and interview and like we like we say at the end of these you got to believe in yourself or no one else can go be great <laughs>